Hungry Trilobite Podcast would like to start by acknowledging these fine conventions. SoonerCon. Oklahoma's longest-running pop culture convention is ready to return in 2023. SoonerCon 31 will be held in Norman, Oklahoma on June 30th through July 2nd, 2023. Gaming, cosplay, autographs, and an art auction await. Visit SoonerCon.com for more details. The Hellmouth Convention where fandoms bleed together. Evoking the center of the mystical convergence, our event includes fandoms and travelers from all over the world. Like the Hellmouth itself, things gravitate toward it that you might not find elsewhere. The celebration is scheduled for June 9th through 11th, 2023, in Los Angeles, California. Go to thehellmouth.org to plan your visit. Welcome to today's episode of the Hungry Trilobite Podcast. My name is Aaron Bossig, and I'm going to be your host. I would be shocked if today's guest wasn't already a part of something you truly enjoy. Katie Lee and I are going to get together and talk about what it means to be a voice actor in the 80s, what it means to be a voice actor today. We'll talk about gummy bears and Star Wars and things like Ghostbusters, and it's possible that some of those things might not be your cup of tea per se. But I guarantee if you open up her IMDb page, you're going to find a wealth of characters that appeal to you. That's one of the many things we're going to talk about right now. On tap today, we have Katie Lee. How are you doing this fine day? Hey, Aaron. I'm great. How are you? I am doing fantastic. I'm excited to talk to you here because I think that you might be one of those people where you can get to know a total stranger well just by where they know your work from. Okay. Uh, I'll confess my bias. I know you mostly from Ghostbusters and from uh, Gummy Bears, but mostly because you were young Han Solo in Star Wars Padawan Menace, a short film that I have watched over and over again. Ah, that's so cool, but my name's not Ian, it's Han. Exactly. Han Solo, yeah, yeah. (laughs) It's so funny because I was in Las Vegas um, this weekend at a toy and collectible show. And I met some people from England who were big Star Wars. And they, they said they, they loved that one the best. I don't always meet a lot of people who remember it because there's the whole other Star Wars Lego thing. But but that was a different company that did it. it we were the first one. And it was a Cartoon Network special. And it's really funny. It was clever. And that's and that's not that, that's just the tip of the iceberg as to what you've done. You have a... a resume as long as the street here but that that's just what somebody finds you in is really where they can get to start there and that's kind of where I wanted to start the conversation is when you have voice actors who have such an expensive uh, extensive resume how why do they not get as much recognition because I feel like it's only very recently that we started treating voice actors with the respect that they deserve well um you know, social media has changed a lot of our um, relevance and our uh, um, presence. I mean, I, I'm what I'm trying to say is recognition, mm-hmm. because you know, when we started, when I started uh, in the '80s, it was a, a wonderful thing to be able to have a career doing the stuff we did and not be recognizable. We didn't need it. We we're more 
little bit on the shire side, I guess. Not everybody, mm-hmm. but it was great to be able. We didn't have to worry about people recognizing us anywhere we went. And and living in L.A., that can be an issue because there's a lot of celebrities here. Sure. So, you know, to be able to go to the market or raise your kids and just have your normal life. So I, that's why I think voice actors are more normal. But now with social Facebook and Instagram, people know what we look like. And so, you know, things become a little bit more popularized. I think that, you know, and also the thing is so many celebrities have been doing voiceovers for movies and things. And so the studios push that to try to get people to come see their their work. So I think that if you're, even though there are a lot of, you know, lunchbox carrying voice actors like myself, you know, who, I just read a statistic, I think 7% of voice actors actually make over $8,000 a year. So, um, you know, and they call themselves professionals, but there are a lot of working professionals who work all the time. Thank God I'm one of them. Uh, But a lot of the stuff we do is, you know, incidental or unless you're starring in something, you know, really major, um, people don't really pay much attention or, you know, you're not a celebrity. Uh, People like the Animaniacs cast, you know, that's huge. And they've been doing traveling shows. And so people kind of know who they are. Um, Let me see if I'm really answering your question. But I think so, for sure. (laughs) I think I think that the celebrity stuff has made made voice acting uh, more of a, a recognizable career and people, you know, uh, follow in conventions too, you know, now we get to go to conventions. So when I do, I meet people that know my work and that's always fun. And, um, oh, I know the other thing I was going to say is quite a lot of the stuff I've done isn't visible anymore because Disney studios bought Marvel productions. And a lot of the shows I did for years were on Marvel Disney also owns Gummy Bears and Darkwing Duck that they just put out on Disney Plus, but all that stuff wasn't. I know Gummy Bears wasn't available in the full seat, uh, all their episodes on DVD. I still don't think they are, but Disney put it on Disney Plus. So now that's more noticeable. My Little Pony was Marvel Studios, the original series. I did, you know, that was pretty cool, but that's not available. The original Muppet Babies Disney owns, they don't mm-hmm. put it out uh there's what other shows yeah so that's part of it even dumbo's circus which was original disney channel show and i did dumbo's voice that's kind of outdated so they don't show that anymore it was a very clever show and i think it's kind of a shame that if if we can't see dumbo circus shows like it should be out where the the combination of puppeteering and live action it's got a very nice charm to it i think it's not lost on any kid today well it's simple you know it's more of a little mr rogers neighborhood kind of vibe to that Mm -hmm. but i think i actually think disney doesn't have the tapes because the company that produced it had all the tapes 
and Disney didn't want it. They said they didn't have space to hold on to it. I, I know this from, I do, uh, I do a YouTube show myself. Mm -hmm. I'll tell you later. And I started it with the late, great Will Ryan. And uh, Will was very close with the people who did Dumbo Circus because he was in Welcome to Pooh Corner. He was in Dumbo Circus and he wrote songs and he wrote scripts and he was close with the producers. And they asked him, do you want any of these tapes? We don't, we're not going to pay for the storage anymore and Disney doesn't want them. So it's probably just doesn't, isn't available <laughs> to put on the air anymore. I don't Jeez. know. Yeah. So there you go. That... There's a little business, a little business history. Well, and actually that is exactly one of, the, I was going to bring up your show anyway. Um, again, you said your, your show, I'll tell you later. It's or just tell you tell later. You later. Tell yeah. you later. Yeah, tell you later, Chef. But what I love about that is that if you're somebody like myself who really thrives on on seeing how these things get put together and seeing uh, how different creative people sometimes have to react to the industry, your show is a treasure trove for that. Oh, thank you. Yeah, we we thought it was too. I mean, we between Will and myself, we you know, and he's been you know a singer musician writer so much he knows and he was just like a a vault of trivia so you know stuff that most people don't know we got to just sort of chat about and share about well you know our our motto is where you learn so much about so little and vice versa <laughs> <laughs> so yeah I, I i thank you you know we tried to bring on and i i'm still doing the show by myself it's not quite the same but i'd like to bring on people that have information that most people don't know about or can share their experience and and um yeah it's not all not totally all entertainment anymore because i actually have an interview coming up with a blind cognitive neuroscientist so. oh wow <laughs> it's kind of but she was a fan of the radio show that um I, I've been on for 35 years called Adventures in Odyssey. So that's how I met her. And that's kind of why I wish that people were, were more, uh, people had more recognition when it comes to voice acting, because I tell somebody, hey, I'm about to talk to somebody who was on Darkwing Duck and their eyes light up even before I tell them what character it is. It's just like, oh, that show made me so happy. That show has such good memories. It gave me, I had such great ideas because of that show. I went home and I drew stuff and like, people have that connection and they should have the connection with the people that are responsible for it. Well, you know, I just did a voice on the show. I was just Tucker Muddlefoot's voice. I didn't write it and I didn't produce it. So, you know, it just, you know, we're, we're, we go in, we do our work. We don't really know the effect that it has on anybody till 20 or 30 years later when they're grown up and they can tell us about it. So I'm just really thankful that I'm still alive and get to hear all these great stories. Cause you know, if you were six years old at the time or eight or 10, even, I'm not probably going to hear from you. Right. Um, yeah, it, it's a wonderful thing. I, I experienced that, like I said, this weekend at the show in Las Vegas, just absolute delight when people meet, but, but when you're a kid, you don't think about who's doing the voices, you know, there's this big time delay, right? Mm -hmm. you're not, people 
our age, your age, aren't watching cartoons right now, probably, or they might be, and now they're thinking about it. But when you're younger, you don't. You're just, you know, even little kids, they can't tell the difference. That to them, those are real characters when that's their voices, and nobody thinks about the voice actors. True, and and I admit there's a little bit of guilt on my part because when I was a kid and the credits would roll, I would immediately tune out and go do something else, and now. I'm I'm going back to the shows I liked then and and the shows I like now and it's like I stop every credits and I'm like saying okay who did this and what's because it's I'm fascinated by the fact that this was somebody's day job whether it was something they did for a paycheck or something that was their life's work and calling I want to know either way and I, I find well, that and don't forget they when if you look at old credits they didn't say what voices we did it just had the cast so you actually would have no idea who voiced what. Nope. And you do sound like you have a great appreciation for the way things were at the time and the advantages that your anonymity gave you. You're not, uh, you're definitely saying there was a value in that, that we might've lost today. Yeah. I Cause I, I feel a lot of pressure to make, let people know I'm still alive by posting things. And, you know, there's, a different vibe now I have to actually I, I hire somebody to help me because I'm not you know I'm busy and mm -hmm. I and I don't always think about what to share or, you know my skills aren't that good I'm working on it um but yeah I mean even when Will and I created Tell You Later it was during COVID so you know there was a lot of restrictions going to the studio and whatnot but we thought, well, this will be a great opportunity for people to see how we are together and maybe we'll get booked at more conventions or something. So you, there's a, <clears throat> a PR, I guess, value to that sort of thing that we didn't need before. There's, all, there's also different, a different way of getting work back then because our agents had relationships with studios and producers and we would get phone calls that said, you know, we have a job for you. Go over here. It wasn't the auditioning process that we have to do now. It was um, a little different. So, uh, yeah, I guess, you know, it was different. It was different. It was it was different back back in the day, back in the day, 40 years ago. But, um, yeah, so we want to stay current. We enjoy you know, when I first made my Facebook page, it was just to connect with family and friends. And then people started finding it, I guess, or I posted, I don't know how, what happened, but that was all I had. And I thought, oh, I think I need a professional page. So, and people don't, you know, and you kind of curate what people get to see, but who mm -hmm. else wants to, you know, you don't want to share all your family pictures with strangers. So then it kind of necessitated that and and then Instagram, oh, this is where everybody looks for stuff. And you want to let people know if you're going to be traveling somewhere, that's the way people get their information. So it kind of requires an involvement that we didn't have before. And makeup. There is that. <laughs> makeup, yeah. But but the you're you're seeming to enjoy the con circuit and that's that's i a, love it yeah isn't it it's wonderful just to get together for a party of people who all enjoy the same thing who have that common bond 
whether it's something that was out last year or 40 years ago, it's like it's fresh for everybody for an, for at least one weekend. Well, and and first of all, I love traveling. I like to see places I haven't been before. It's it's so heartwarming to see people's reaction when they do meet you and realize, no, these photos on my table are not things I drew. They're characters I voiced because a lot of times there's that disconnect. They don't know why sure. you're there because they don't put a, my face to the characters. And then when they realize it, just to see that reaction. And the truth is, we work, I'm in my studio, my home studio right now talking to you. And we don't work together as much as we used to. So there's the fact of getting together with people that we don't see very often and people we worked with in the past that we haven't seen in a long time. So there's this you're right. It's like a family reunion every time you go to a convention. And and I feel like fans are like family. So I, I just love meeting people and, and seeing old faces. So there's so many good things about conventions. There are a couple dozen people out there and you know who you are. I'm just saying who I will meet them at conventions and it will sometimes be two or three different conventions throughout the year. And that's just how we keep in touch. That's just what we do. Mm-hmm. And there's a couple people on the other side of the table too, who I just continually look forward to seeing because that's, it's just a good way to keep in touch. And I'm glad we have this culture now that we didn't 20 years ago. All right. Well, I mean, you're in different cities so you're going to see those people who live in those cities or who can drive to those places even the people who work the conventions who help us um, I only see them when I get when I go there so that's really nice I think I'm going to be doing a, a Funko Pop a signing at a Funko Pop store in Atlanta on the 26th of March so I mean, we'll see. I have a Sunny Gummy Funko Pop, although they vaulted it. So I have some I'll I'll be able to bring and hopefully people have some stuff there. But it's just such a great way to connect with people. Like I said, when you go to work and you record stuff, you don't really know who the audience is. And then when you get to meet them, it sort of completes the circuit. It does. And, And I feel like when a lot of the shows we're talking about were new, there was much more of a, a a closed box production process where you just went in, you made your thing, you went on, and it was very difficult for to to bring back the the reaction if there even was a reaction, and and the reaction that we ended up getting was was huge. These things were in Happy Meals and on bed sheets, and I mean that's <laughs> when when you put that kind of joy in somebody's life, it you deserve to get a little something back out too. Well, that's really sweet. I appreciate. Well, and don't forget, I mean. When I started, it took at least three, uh, maybe three to six months to produce the product. Maybe we started recording in usually April or May used to be when it was like the new season to record cartoons. Now there's no season because there's so many channels. There's just people put stuff up whenever they want to, but there used to be a an actual season and we do start in May and then they'd end up coming on in September. So they had like a six month delay. It's not quite as immediate. And I mean, everything was hand painted when I started too. Now there's mm-hmm. all, you know, uh, um, what do you call it? Computer. Yeah. CGI. Yeah. Not even CGI. What's the name? They just use computers to animate anymore. Um, I can't think of the name. 
my brain left for a minute. Uh, cell shading or I'd be, I'd, I don't know. They just, I, I we just didn't have C computers. There no. weren't even computers. So there you go. Now, you know, it's so everything's a little bit quicker, right? Um, the fact that I can, I can work from home and, and dub cartoons from here. I can record my stuff from here is, is remarkable. And it's, it's, you know, a great thing. It's just a little isolating. So do you, is there kind of an understanding that as a voice actor, you're going to have a, a fully professional home studio? Is that just the industry yes. standard at this Starting point? Starting now. Yep. Starting now, you better do it. Yeah. And there's, there's. Unless you're a celebrity. Sure. And you could go to the studio, but studios are even shipping the equipment to people so they can do their stuff from home. And they have confidence that your setup is going to be sufficiently noise-free that. Well, they, they make it work. I mean, ah. my, I, I know my studio is good. Sure. But sure. other people who are kind of new to it, but I kind of had a leg up during COVID because I've had this studio for at least 10 years. So I already knew what I was doing. I was equipped to connect. Um, and that was, you know, really helpful. It's, it's you can do as much as you can on your end and the neighbor's leaf blower is going to throw it all to the four winds. Well, there's that. Sometimes we have to pause for airplanes or trains, but you know what? That's the small price to pay. Even when you're in the studio, things happen, you know, where there could be disruptions. So, you know, it, they're still not paying necessarily to rent the studio. They're saving money that way. And we're saving drive time. Like I said, I live in L.A. and I can't get anywhere in less than an hour. So, you know, it, that part is nice. Um, and and there is, um, you know, sometimes I have to be my own engineer and I'll send the recorded files to people. But there's a way for the studio on the other end to to get the feed and and adjust and get what they need on their end without me having to to do much and that's wonderful that makes sense makes sense a lot so if somebody is looking to be an up-and-coming voice actor or even just an actor in general what would you tell them well you know i, I would say take improv lessons definitely improvisational acting is like pretty key to animation uh take one of my classes <laughs> on my website uh but also there's just so much information on the internet uh that you can access for free to get started to find a coach you, you need a demo usually to get it's like a, a model's portfolio uh, you need a voice demo to get an agent if you want an agent but also there are several conventions speaking of conventions voiceover conventions that happen all year round and those are just a wealth of information that you can get in a weekend and not just get the information but actually make physical contact with people make friends create a network i think networking is super important now see that's interesting because i had saw i i i'd seen that you were uh involved in voice acting conventions here and there Mm -hmm. But I, the, when I saw that, I thought, man, that's that's great for people who are established and who, who can make contacts. And it's like, no, if, if it's open to people who just have an interest, oh, that's, yeah, a, that's a game totally, changer. Because you get to hear panels of 
everything about the business. You can go to breakout sessions and learn information. You can learn technical stuff about a home studio. Uh, you know, you meet people from your area who you may, you know, create a meetup group with later on or something. No, no, it's it's not just for professionals. I mean, at all. I, I really recommend going because you think about it. If you can, like, I just talked to somebody the other day who lives in Atlanta. I'm like, dude, you live in Atlanta. Pay whatever, what is it, $400, which you pay for a course anyway. Mm -hmm. Go for three days and just download all this information and feel the vibe of what it is to be a voice actor. See if that's what you want to do and, and meet. Oh, it's like when you go to conventions, you know, um, Back in the day, even San Diego Comic-Con wasn't that big. And you could, my son would go, he was 16, and he'd get to talk to the directors that he liked because mm -hmm. they were there. And after their panel, he could go up and talk to them. Well, the same is true for the voiceover conventions. If, if you want to do promo work and they do a panel, you can find that guy at lunch who you, you know, and ask more questions. Or they even take questions and answers when we do panels. So... It's, um, VO Atlanta is very huge. They expect about 700 people there, but there oh, are wow. even smaller ones. Yeah. Um, my friend Lisa Biggs doing one for women next January, 2024. And it's like a hundred women. That's all. And that's a great way to make friends. I really like the smaller ones. One voice conference is going to be in Dallas in August. And I think, well, when I went the first time they limited it to 200 I think so. I don't know if it's going to be probably smaller still than voiceover Atlanta. So, yeah, I mean, it's just a great way to get started, in my opinion. Oh, wow. That, that is really great. It's a game changer. I'm going to look into that because I, you know, I would never consider myself a voice actor, but I'm a podcaster. I, I make uh, my, my projects with microphones. So I think there's enough crossover there that I would get something out of it. Yeah, I mean, it leaves guests for your show. <laughs> sure. But no, yeah, I mean, it's maybe I know there are podcaster conventions. too. There are those too, and they are on my calendar for sure. Yeah, so I think, uh, you know, you'd learn a lot and maybe help think of the questions you might want to ask people but uh yeah i mean they cover everything promo audiobooks um home studios agents are there on panels mm -hmm. you know just it's a great source of information i and yeah I, you do a lot as far as you mentioned you had a course uh, the fact that you're reaching out and trying to help others as well, trying to help them hone their skills, that's a, a great way to give back to the industry. Well, and there's a lot of actors who do. Um, you know, when I, I wasn't going to do that originally because I thought, oh, there's so many people who teach. And I started watching, you know, listening to some of my friends who also do, you know, who are coaching and we all say the same thing pretty much, but in different ways. So, you know, just like when you go to church, you might hear a message and you it doesn't really resonate. And then you hear somebody else talk about it and, oh, you finally get it. So, you know, there are lots of coaches out there and most of them are excellent. You just find who, you know, and you're always going to get something from somebody. I can't give, I'm not, I'm not, I had to 
free myself from saying I'm responsible for this person's career. I can only share what I know and hopefully it'll help them. So uh, we also run a Friday morning workout group through a, a, a website called VO Heaven. And it's just people who are more professional but want to work on their animation skills. And we take turns directing each other. And it's super inexpensive. It's like $35 for the month every Friday. Oh, wow. Yeah. So um, it is, you know, we've always been a real supportive group of actors. And like I said, I think voiceover Voice actors are the best group of people in the world. Best, yeah. We're just a little bit more down to earth, even though we do have to do all the social media stuff, et cetera. It's not like being on camera. There's a lot of pressure there. Sure, sure. Or well, as a face actor, as Will <laughs> call him. Well, Katie, I want to thank you so much for being here. I want to thank you for doing this because I've truly enjoyed talking with you here. Um, and I want to make sure that anybody listening listening can follow you on the internet and follow your adventures. Okay. So I'm going to put everything in the show notes on my website, aaronbossig.com. What is your social media and your website? Well, my website is katielee.com. It's K-A-T-I-E-L-E-I-G-H. I don't know why the I's and E's are reversed in both my names. I just, Will had to point that out one day. Um, katielee.com or voiceofyourchildhood.com is also a domain name. So there's a lot of info there. Uh, the tell, uh, tell You Later is on YouTube. It's also a Patreon-supported show, and we I'm just so thankful for the people who've helped keep us going. Um, they're like family to us, too, and they get lots of benefits and bonus stuff. And I think Instagram is Katie Lee VO, so they can find me on Instagram, too, and Facebook, Katie Lee VO. And that's enough, right? Absolutely. I will make sure all that gets in the show notes. Katie, thank you so much. I'd be glad to have you back anytime. It's so nice meeting you. Have nice a great, meeting you. Great day. I would like to thank Katie for being my guest today, and I would like to thank you for listening. During this conversation, Katie and I had mentioned that there are some voice actors out there who are currently getting a lot of attention on social media and at conventions. And that's a good thing, because when fans get together to celebrate these things, to celebrate the stories that we like and the projects that have brought us together, it's basically a chance to make new friendships. It's a chance to reach out and plan new parties, and that's a great thing. But there are some voice actors that are still flying under our radar, so I'm going to ask... If there's somebody that you think deserves a little more recognition or whose career and body of work we should dive into a little bit more, let me know about them. Reach out to me at bossigpodcast at yahoo.com or send me a message on Twitter at Aaron Bossig. Don't forget you can subscribe to this show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Spotify. Thanks so much and we'll see you next time.